Welcome to the Israel Answers series, connecting Israel, the Bible, and you. Join Susan Michael as she explores timely issues and current events from a scriptural perspective to equip the Christian world with a balanced and biblical response. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes, which will ignite your faith and bring the Bible to life in your everyday world. Now, let's join Susan with your Israel Answers. Well, welcome to this week's interview on Jewish-Christian relations and Jews and Christians working together. We have with us today in this beautiful live studio in Jerusalem, a special guest. It's Nicole Yoder, and she is the Vice President for Aid and Aliyah at the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. She's also a dear friend. She has been with our organization for 23 years now. And she has just done such an amazing job here at the embassy. We call her our hands and feet of love to the Jewish people because she runs all of our aid programs. And uh, she's fluent in Hebrew and is out every day working with the people of Israel, showing them love and kindness and helps. And uh, she has been interacting with them for 23 years now and has learned so much. We want to learn from her today about Jewish-Christian relations and how these two groups can work together. So, Nicole, I want to welcome you. And would you just introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about your family background? I'm curious as to what in your background brought you to Israel. Well, thank you, Susan. It's really a pleasure to be here with you and to be able to share with the audience as well. Um, well, I come from a, a strong Christian family. My father and my grandfather were pastors. And my grandfather, back in the 40s, was going around teaching from his reading in the Bible that Israel should become a nation one day again. And of course, this is right at the end of World War II. And there were not a few people who were telling him you know, reprimanding him and telling him that this was a little bit crazy. And lo and behold, two years later, it came to wow. pass. And I'm very proud of this heritage, actually. Um, I so kind of grew up with that. But I can't honestly say I met any Jewish people at all growing up. I can't remember knowing anyone. I wasn't aware at all of uh, Jewish Christian history. I think the first Jewish people that I actually met um, I got the idea that they had the impression that there were Christians who didn't like them very well, and I was genuinely puzzled why this would be. And uh, so you can see that I had a lot to learn right from the beginning. Um, but I think um, one of the things that interested me a lot as a child, kind of inexplicably in a way, was um, the Holocaust. And it came from watching movies, The Sound of Music, and watching this family flee over the mountains. And why did they have to flee? At age 10, that was something that I wondered about. And then reading uh, The Hiding Place and seeing the movie. And um, so Corey Ten Boom and her family became kind of heroes for me because they hid the Jewish people. And something from that, I just, um, I took it to heart. And I was so curious about the Holocaust, I started reading books about the Holocaust and and it was just something that really drew me and, and I was very curious about. But it wasn't until much later when I was studying in uh, college that I was actually introduced to Jewish people 
and began to learn something about their culture and the Lord turned a light on somehow in my mind and heart about the topic and I became actually very passionate and excited about what he was doing in this country at that time. Well, it's it's interesting, um, you know, you're, you had the heritage. So then something happened though, right? You were watching a documentary mm -hmm. and tell that story. So I guess because of the Holocaust, I had a kind of an interest in anti-Semitism. I mean, the Holocaust, obviously, um, I've never seen it as a Christian thing, even though unfortunately our history definitely contributed towards uh, the fact that it happened later. Um, but I, I basically um, was in a situation where friends were watching a four-part series on the Jewish roots of Christianity, and one of the videos was on anti-Semitism. And somehow I'm sitting there watching this video taught by a rabbi about anti-Semitism, and the Lord just spoke to me like an arrow straight to the heart. And it was so strong, go love and bless this people. Now I have to be honest with you, I thought this was an absolutely crazy idea. I was 22 years old, just finished uh, my degree. The Gulf War had just happened. Um, like, I don't know anybody in Israel. I have zero money, like less than zero money because I have school loans to pay. And I pretty much tidily summed up that this was not gonna happen, very practical mind. And I would have forgotten about it, except that the following week, I happened to have the opportunity to hear a friend who had just come back from Israel and was sharing her experiences. And somehow the thing happened again, arrow to the heart, go love and bless this people. And it was so strong and so not what I was thinking about and so not what I would have, have thought of that I thought, oh, okay, now I better pray about this. And so I basically said, Lord, if this is from you, then you make it happen. And he did <laughs> in some really interesting ways. I ended up being offered to go and care for a Jewish woman in Israel who didn't speak any English. She's a stroke victim. She was, um, you know, needed people to just help her with her daily living. And, and one of my main complaints was, I don't have any money. That's, I mean, how would I ever do that? And, and yet I said, Lord, if you open a door, I'll step through it. And that's where I got myself in trouble <laughs> because <laughs> the door that was opening was this elderly, non-English speaking Jewish woman who needed help. And she was going to offer me a place to stay and a few shekels for food and, I'm like, okay, that's a door. And I said I'd step through it. And that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. I came. Well, I apologize for the siren, but these are the sights and the sounds of Jerusalem here in the background. So, Nicole, that was the perfect introduction then to what you ended up doing here through the ICEJ. It was caring for people. And you went on and got a master's degree in social work, right? Or what was the name of it? International Community Development. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you have been working full time for the whole 23 years in social work here on behalf of the ICJ. So tell us, um, 
you you're now an expert at working with Jewish people, particularly Israelis, which is a, a special group of, of Jewish people. They have a certain culture and, and a language. And um, tell us some of the lessons you've learned along the way as you've been working with them. How has it impacted you? Um, I think maybe in, in the beginning, um, when I was just first in Israel, first of all, I had a lot to learn. I, I knew very little in many ways. And, and you know, you have your ideas that uh, you want to come and bless and, and what that looks like. And one of the things that I learned was to develop trust and friendship with people and let them take the lead in, in um, you know, asking questions and not to think that, that you know everything you know um even about the bible or faith there's so much richness uh even in the jewish tradition and um and faith and and sometimes i think we christians have a tendency to come along and say well how come uh, they don't see it the way we do and and sometimes when you uh, come on strong and you uh, uh say things uh, in a certain viewpoint I, I can remember times just seeing the, the shutters close, like there just wasn't, a, they didn't feel the dialogue and they, maybe there was a certain expectation um, that was rejected, you know? And so I, I learned to um, be in the friendship and let that, let that be what led instead of, uh, you know, just get rid of any agendas, get rid of any, uh, you know, ideas of, of how things ought to be, or I don't know, that's maybe not quite the way to put it, but, um, yeah. And, and serve, just serve, you know? Um, yeah. Well, do you have any, um, like some of your favorite stories yeah. about interacting with the people? Yeah. You know, one of the things, um, that I um, have the privilege of doing is being all over Israel in every sector of Israeli society um, and come across a lot of people who haven't really been around Christians very much and sometimes they're really surprised. I remember being in one meeting where the woman's like, we said, you know, we're from the International Christian Embassy and whatnot, and she's like, wait, just stop. Where? Let me take this in for a minute. And she just wanted to sit for a second and just take that in. And, and there's a social worker in particular that I remember in Netanya that uh, was a Russian immigrant. She hadn't been in the country um, so very long. And we were there for a specific project uh, and sharing with her. And, you know, the thing is, you often don't know what's going on in someone's mind or heart. And you may find out later and you may not. That's why I say don't come with expectations and don't come with, uh, um, you know, ideas of how things should or could be. You, you don't know what's going on behind in someone's uh, mind and and just bless and, and offer friendship without expectations. So we, that's what we were doing. We were, were blessing the people. And, and um, at some point we decided to invite all the people that we're relating to to the embassy for a, a day so they could meet us beyond just the two of us, I was there with another colleague, they could meet the embassy. 
And we decided we're going to roll out the red carpet. We made it such a nice event. We had people serving hors d'oeuvres and we had live music and we, uh, you know, gave them each a gift and we explained who we were and all of this. Anyways, and we gave people an opportunity to respond. And the, I remember this social worker said, you know, I come from Russia and I am, you know, I grew up in a very anti-Semitic environment and I was always we always knew when it was a christian holiday stay indoors stay off the streets because bad things can happen and she said you know i just knew that christianity was scary and stay as far away from it as possible but then you and you did come along and she said you're probably the first christians that i ever had very close contact with and she said and and you've invited us here today and i've started to learn something and and she says I've discovered that there's a whole nother world out there that I didn't even realize existed. And it's not as scary as I always thought it was. And that's what you often find is that, that there's certain perceptions or things that are told um, about Christians and who we are. And quite frankly, sometimes those are really accurate descriptions, either from past things that have happened or from even current things. And it can be confusing uh, for the people to understand who are you really. And so there's a certain uh, level of you know, kind of testing or, or um, know testing is the right word, but sort of, uh, uh, you know, standing back and, and looking at the situation and, and until they find out like, who are you and, and are you a person that is trustworthy and, and can we develop a real friendship? Are you going to have expectations of me? Are you going to have, uh, you know, yeah, just expectations. And so I was so touched by that because I, I thought, wow, I wouldn't have even had any idea that that's what she was thinking. She was so gracious and professional. And yet when she opened up and shared this, um, I was really touched to hear what she had to say. And the fact that we were able by friendship and by, you know, um, just blessing to break down a barrier, which is what we're trying to do, break down barriers and build friendships. Well, I, I mean, that story is eye-opening for me because I always think, and, and uh, it's something that a lot of our listeners may not know, but that the Easter week is act, was actually the most anti-Semitic week of the year. And uh, historically, the Jewish people knew to stay inside. But to hear that story as a current modern-day story when she was in Russia is shocking. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is shocking. And here in Israel, I know we've talked about this many times, that the Israeli people, they've grown up in a country where the majority are Jews. And so they don't know Christians. They know very few Christians, if any. And all they know is what they're taught in school. And all they're taught in school is the history of Christian anti-Semitism. They don't know who is an evangelical, what makes an evangelical different, or that there even are these evangelicals that are different. They, they don't know any of that. So the relationship building is really a very long, detailed process. You have so much to teach them about Christianity, about Christians in the world today, and why you are really here because they are going to be suspect and i remember being here many years ago and meeting a a a man an american jewish man in the streets in jerusalem outside an ice cream shop and 
And as soon as he saw me, he said, what are you doing here? Now, that was 40 years ago, but I've always remembered it. And it's like, I'm a student. I'm studying. I, I didn't understand whatsoever. But now I understand why he was on guard. So um, tell me, like, in dealing with the people of Israel, I mean, there's a lot of cultural things here that you also have to deal with. But when you go back to America, what what strikes you immediately is so different because you're so used to things being done a certain way here. Um, so recently I was in America and I needed to deal with some business at my bank. And you don't realize how acclimatized you become. Here you really have to stand on your own and, and nobody's uh, necessarily uh, going to make things easy for you. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. And I needed to take care of some business and and to change uh, something like I don't remember if it was the address or something, but they needed an extra document and whatever they were asking wasn't very logical because I could easily um, have gotten around it. Doesn't matter. I don't remember the exact detail. I just remember that I was there with my mother and and I was starting to be a little too Israeli. I was what do you mean? Like, well, this doesn't make sense, and this and that, and I and and I was actually internally watching the reaction of the woman behind the desk, and I could feel my mother sinking in her chair, and I realized they're actually hearing this differently. Like I'm thinking, this is really not a big deal. I'm just, uh, you know, we're having a discussion about this, why it doesn't make sense, but she was almost feeling a little threatened. And I realized I needed to change my tone and back off and that, that would be fine. I'll be glad to go get that information, even though it's completely unnecessary in my opinion, but okay. You know, and this is just what we need to do. We need to say it in a very calm and respectful tone and don't, you know, start using your arms to talk and, and you know, in any way uh, make it uh, difficult for her. This is her job. This is what she needs. And and I realized my mom's after was like, what was that all about? You know, and I was like, yeah, I've just been living abroad for a long time. <laughs> so things like that, you know, sometimes you'll hear people on the street, you know, it's a very animated conversation. If you don't speak Hebrew, it might sound like they're, you know, fighting and they're going to come to blows soon. And then later it's like pats on the back and OK, and off they go and everything's, you know, fine. So Americans tend to be, you know, little bit more reserved or polite and and uh i don't know how to explain just there's certain conventions that you need to follow right. <laughs> and and space yes. so when you when you stand in line you don't stand right on top of the person next to you like they do here yes. um well there you know one of the things that i love about the israeli people and and the jewish people in general is they love to ask questions and it's actually a wonderful thing. And that's why in Judaism, they're encouraged to ask questions and they learn in pairs so that they debate back and forth with each other. What a wonderful way to learn. Cause if you've had to debate it, you've really learned that you've thought it through, you've analyzed it, you've learned how to articulate. And so, but it, it's made the Jewish people very uh, inquisitive. So they will ask almost any question and right up front too. <laughs> Definitely a, a very direct way of speaking. Um, you can, be, and it's appreciated when you speak directly back as well. Um, so I think that's the best way to, to operate here. And it could be sometimes opposed to how 
you might yes. do it in another country. You might speak more around an issue where it's just like here. Yes. You don't ask how you voted in America <laughs> here. Wow. What do you mean you voted? Why would you do that? Everybody else is doing this, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked a lot of times why you're doing what you're doing and what you believe. Do you have a story? Yes. So I remember a social worker that came uh, to the office and she said to me at some point in the meeting, so what's the difference to make to you Christians that we're here in Israel and we're back in the land? Why do you care? And I was like, oh, um, why do I care? Let me see. So basically the thought that came to me right then, and I still hold this to be true, is the reason why Christians care. First of all, because we love the Bible, we believe in the God of Israel. But what I said to her that day was, when we look at what God is doing here in Israel, that he's brought you back to the land from all around the world. And it's such a miracle that's never happened for any other people. We see that God's faithful. And when we see that God is being faithful to you and to the promises in his word, we know that we can be sure that he'll be faithful to us as well. And that is why we care. And and I remember her thinking about that for a second and then saying, hmm, I never thought about it like that way before. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think uh, she, she had a whole different perspective uh, on that. But often people want to know, what made you come here? Like Israelis, I mean, I have friends here. If their son from Jerusalem, if their son moved to Haifa, that's far away. What are you thinking? You need to be closer by and in Beit Shemesh at least, you know, somewhere that's in like close enough that you could come, you know, visit very often and not a few hours away. It's unfathomable for many of them that I would move from Oregon to Jerusalem and leave here for years. I mean, what must your parents be thinking about all this? And so, so yes, they love to ask those questions like what in the world? Okay, well, Nicole, I know you have many, many stories, but what I'd like to ask now as we bring our time uh, to a close is, what advice would you give someone in our audience, either Jewish or Christian or both, um, that they really would like to begin working with each other? And uh, what advice would you give them? Well, I think over the years, we have a lot of um, preconceived ideas about one another. Um, whether, you know, Christians, for instance, have been taught quite a lot in our lives that, uh, Judaism is about works and, uh, maybe it's, uh, they don't, we tend to think of it as, oh, that's just legalism and we write it off. And we, by doing that, we can write off the very fervent, beautiful faith with such meaning of the Jewish people. And on the Jewish side, they, um, maybe tend to think that, uh, you know, we have an agenda. It's all about evangelism and, and making them be something else or, or trying to get them to deny their faith. And so I guess I would say, um, get to know one another. Um, take time to really without, like I said in the beginning, without preconditions, get to know one another, ask questions, uh, be respectful. Um, let each, um, come with, you know, share what they have to share and break down barriers by building trust. And that's what we need to do. We need to build trust. We need to build genuine friendships. Um, and I think that the Lord 
um, delights in that when we honor one another and we bless one another and and we can share honestly with one another and and it will help us um, it will help us work together in a really good way and so I know many times I've felt like um, you know because it's swirling around as far as a Christian on the Christian side oh, you're just here because you want to bring your Messiah or you want to make your prophecies come true. So it kind of minimizes um, the fact that I genuinely want to bless them and it's not so that something good happens for me especially. Um, and they on their side, you know, um, might feel like, oh, I'm just another, uh, you know, ch- uh, box you can check that this is someone that I've uh, said this or that to. And... And we're, as people, we're both so precious in, in the Lord's eyes. And um, if we really, really want to understand one another and work together, then we need to build genuine friendships and trust. Yes, that's really what it's about, is building a friendship. And that takes time, but it takes being sincere and honest and just having respect for each other. So thank you, Nicole. We've learned so much in our time today. And I will see you all here uh, back next week. And until then, God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.